As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 259, Ways to Better Cope with Your Mental Health Struggles with Kimberly Quinlan. For years, I refused to share about my eating disorders over the great shame I associated with them being the wrong kind. I didn't want to be seen as a binger, which I had become after failing at both bulimia and anorexia for years and years of hyper-controlling my food and exercise. I think a part of me was worried that it wasn't really an eating disorder and that I should just be able to self-discipline my way out of it. My first counselor brought me relief with two seemingly unhappy bits of news. One, yes, I had a full, all-encompassing, nuanced eating disorder. And two, no, I could not discipline myself out of it. It would likely be something I dealt with the rest of my life. The reason those statements helped me is because it removed the shame I had placed on myself. It helped me redefine what my struggles were and how to better cope with them. And those statements gave me back some power I was really needing. I started this podcast almost four years ago with no plans for it to become a show about mental health. And yet nearly every single episode has touched on it. Even four years ago, it was a new thing for people to own their mental illnesses and to talk about them openly. I know it was definitely new for me. So much has shifted yet then, and yet so much has not. I know our theme this month and beyond is be healthy. Well, you can't work on the exterior health habits until you've worked on the inside. Today, we are going to talk to a licensed therapist, Kimberly Quinlan, who specializes in anxiety and OCD, and is the podcaster behind the very popular show called Your Anxiety Toolkit. Both as a therapist and a woman who has had mental health battles of her own, we are going to talk about how your mental health struggles do not need to be a limiting identity that you hold, ways you can better cope, and how to shift your own relationships with these mental health struggles to a place of compassion, and even as your sources to some incredible superpowers. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packard, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. 
I don't know about you, but I definitely have become more and more of an introvert since having my kids. I really like to be with me, myself and I, but even I am seeing how much we still need people through this pandemic has taught me that. Even better though, is when it is your people, the ones where you don't have to explain your values to, they just get you. I am so excited to officially launch my exclusive membership, The Strive Tribe. And I had this idea early on this year. I wanted to have a real, albeit online space where like-minded women can strive together to work on their progress every single day. Instagram has been awesome, but I felt hungry for a more tight-knit group of action-oriented women who were ready to find more within them and their lives. And I kept hearing from you that you were wanting that too. So after three months of our initial experimentation in our trial run, we have found what this group needs to include. Daily inspiration and accountability, monthly challenges, weekly chats, including bi-monthly group coaching calls, and even a personal development book club. It's pretty dang awesome. And we are now ready to open the doors officially to you. Now, my friends, this group is still going to pivot as time goes on. So I'd love for you to sign up as one of my founding members. This means you'll have the full access to this membership group forever and ever at the founding member price. As the group evolves, grows, and excels, you will be part of it without ever, ever getting your price raised. You can sign up to find your people by going to aboutprogress.com slash membership and have access to this group who strives daily to progress in sustainable ways. Again, that's aboutprogress.com slash membership. And speaking of introversion, I'm going to talk now to my fellow extroverted introverts and traditional introverts. If you are feeling extra touched out and talked out, I totally get it. I want to share with you a seven-day challenge led by Erica Lane of the Life on Purpose movement. Motherhood is so intense for introverts. And with her challenge, you can master seven simple strategies to finally find ease and enjoyment in your life as a mom. The Talked Out, Touched Out Challenge is designed like a mini straight to your email course led by a fellow introvert, Erica, who will help you learn how to better advocate for your needs in your family, how to reframe your introversion, plus practical resources and tools to take what you learn to real action, including a beautifully designed workbook. I took the challenge myself and I found it incredibly helpful. Until May 22nd, you can get $10 off this already super affordable challenge by going to aboutprogress.com slash introvert. You can combat the introvert overload by going to aboutprogress.com slash introvert for $10 off until May 22nd. Enjoy. Well, hi, my name is Kimberly Quinlan. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in Southern California. I live in Northern Los Angeles. And I have the honor of being a therapist specifically for people who have anxiety disorders. So the reason I say that it's an honor is I get to see my clients do incredibly brave things every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, And that in and of itself is an honor, but I also get to see them really um, make massive steps towards getting the life that they wanted, even though they have anxiety. So that's what I do. I'm also a mom and a business owner and, and all the things, all the things. And, you know, right now we're recording this smack dab in the riddle in the middle of COVID-19. I really hope that it's, um, not as the centerfold of our lives when this actually airs, but (laughs) I'm sure that your clients, especially just like 
many of us here are struggling with heightened anxiety and just how much that's impacting their ability to cope with the new circumstances we're facing, the very much unknown. But regardless of that, I mean, this is something that we deal with in our lives. And I started this podcast uh, intentionally thinking it would be a self-development show, but we have talked about mental health almost every single episode. And even four years ago when I started, people were only just starting to be open about their, their struggles with their mental health. And, you know, many of us are still neck deep in that right now. And I have been in different phases of my life struggling with my mental health and will continue to. Um, but we're going to talk about today about this paradox of having something that is weighing us down in such deep, definable, and, um, sometimes mysterious, like out of our control ways, but how our own view of these struggles can shift the power dynamics that we have with them. So I just wanted to start this conversation, Kimberly, with you helping us understand um, how you've seen this play out with your clients in terms of the identities they try on with their mental health struggles and how that impacts their ability to deal with the mental health struggles. Right, right. So, you know, Unfortunately, I, by the time clients see me, most of the time I do very specialized work. Um, I work a lot with obsessive compulsive disorder, a lot with special specific phobias. By the time they get to me, they've usually been through between seven to 14 years of being either misdiagnosed or mistreated. Um, Unfortunately. And by the time they see me, they are really hopeless. And they're kind of carrying this identity of I'm broken, right? I'm broken Mm. because, you know, I'm a mystery to a therapist and they couldn't help me. Or I'm broken because my parents and family don't know what to do with me. Um, And and I think that's so common with uh, people who have mental illness because it's so misunderstood. And unfortunately, it's really hard to get services. Um, But what... I love about the work that I do is usually by the time someone has come to me, they've been taught and trained to believe that their symptoms should go away. Right. And of course, yes, if someone has depression or severe anxiety, we, we do want reduction of symptoms. Absolutely. But the mindset of like, well, let's see how we can make it go away actually makes them feel more faulty. Right. Mm. It makes them feel more like there is something wrong with them. And so the approach that I take and I find to be really helpful is you and I and everybody else are the same. We are all here just trying to figure this life out, right? And if anyone else was going through what you are going through, they would have done exactly what you did, right? Because we're humans and we naturally want to not have these symptoms, right? Not have these troubles. But when we switch the the script there and we say, okay, we have anxiety, we have depression, you, you know, maybe you have additional symptoms, but if we can switch the script to, you know, we can do hard things, like it's okay to do hard things. It's actually, uh, a, a, like you said, we're superhuman when we can abra- embrace life as we can do hard things they tend to flourish and that identity of I'm broken or I'm a depressed person falls away. And instead they just start to look at themselves as a normal human being 
who has struggles, but now ad- addresses and approaches that problem in a different way. Yeah, I've I've experienced this um, to some extent. You know, when I was really, really neck deep in some eating disorders, I was doing that thing where I believed if I worked hard enough, my symptoms would disappear. And because of that, they not only heightened and got worse, but so did my self-blame and that identity of brokenness that you just described. And one thing that was so, and I think we might've even talked about this um, when I was interviewed on your show, which you did such an amazing job. But one of the things that was so helpful in shifting my healing process was my therapist telling me that I would deal with this the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would hear that and think, well, that sounds extra depressing. Like that would make me spiral down even more, but no, what it did is help me know that I didn't need to fix it all overnight and that it wasn't my identity in some weird way. It was something I struggled with. It was more outside myself. Um, so I wanted to hear more about that too. So how does this shift in your experience as a therapist help your clients actually have more power. Right. Well, I think exactly the way you explained it, when we are telling ourselves we shouldn't feel something, there is, we went from having one problem. Let's say you have depression. That's one problem, right? And as soon as you tell yourself you shouldn't be feeling this, now you have two, Hmm. right? You, you've, we've immediately, and, and by no fault of yours, like if anyone's listening and they're hard on themselves, you know, I don't want you to be hard on yourself for being hard on yourself. We mm. all do this. But when we frame it as I'm supposed to be different, we create more problems. What I prefer to do is to really embrace that we have been given all of these emotions for a reason. Each and every one serve a really important purpose they have messages you know everyone's probably seen the movie inside out and that really talks to this topic of every emotion even the ones that are difficult are there for a reason and if we can approach it from a way of like you know we can be sad like again I keep I always say to my community it's a beautiful day to do hard things that's I say it every single day Um, and that's the approach we take yeah you can be sad and you can do that hard thing at the same time you can be anxious and still do the hard thing the thing you want the thing you've been wanting to do the you know this big goals in your life that you can bring that fear or sadness or grief with you gently and compassionately and so it doesn't define you it's a it's a piece of you that like you said you may or may not have it for the rest of your life but that doesn't really matter anymore it doesn't matter whether you have it or not because it doesn't get to make your decisions anymore well yes okay because before when you have that identity of I am unusually broken. I don't think it's just that I'm broken. I think it's the identity of I am unusually broken, like irreparably Mm -hmm. broken. That means that we don't have power behind our decisions. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so many, so often I will have clients make life decisions based on fear, right? Or depression, right? Like I, I shouldn't apply for that job. I'm not good enough for that job. Or I, I shouldn't apply for that job. I'm, I'd make a fool of myself, you know, or I, I wouldn't, I shouldn't ask that guy out or that girl out because 
you know, I'm, uh, like you said, unusually broken. You know, the, what we want to do is we want to make space for that, but we want to basically make our decisions based on our values, not on the feelings we feel, because everyone feels feelings. Um, they're valid and they deserve to be seen and heard and listened to, but they don't get to make our decisions. So how do we um, align that then with also honoring the emotions? How is, how are we able to use those emotions as like a tool, like you said, um, mm-hmm. and still also not let them be the in the driver's seat necessarily? Right. Um, right. Especially when they're so fear-based. Right. Well, you know, I really like to come from a compassionate approach. And a huge piece of that is to recognize that we are all doing the best that we can with what we have, everybody, right? And that each and every emotion does number one deserves to show up. But how you respond to that is also also a very human thing, right? So let's say you feel sad, right? And we may actually employ what we call safety behaviors, right? Let's say you feel sad and you don't want to feel sad. And so a safety behavior might be to ignore it or avoid it or Hmm. criticize yourself, right? That's That's not because you're bad or you're wrong that you did that. All humans engage in safety behaviors, right? We all do it. Um, and, and this is where I would validate each and every one. Like if anyone was in your position, feeling what you're feeling, they would do exactly what you're doing because we're all humans and we're naturally going to try and remove ourselves from discomfort. That's why we've lived for so many years, right? That's why we've evolved for so long. But what we want to do is once we can identify that safety behavior, which we all do, we can then look at ways that can be more empowering behaviors that can be more empowering instead of that basic safety behavior it might be staring your fear in the face and doing the thing you're really afraid of or it might be feeling sad about something but you know moving in the direction you wanted to anyway Um, it could be anything it depends on the person and their specific values but ultimately what we're looking at here is allowing yourself giving yourself permission to feel whatever you're feeling first but then really consulting with based on what i know about myself where where would i like to go from there Mm -hmm. right because this emotion doesn't define me as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming i wish i had used indeed if you need to hire you need indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster and indeed doesn't just help you hire faster 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast that's indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply I love that because it's, it's both sides of it. And I've realized Mm -hmm. even just lately, you know, 
through what we're facing right now with the pandemic, I've realized how much I still avoid negative feelings. And it's Mm -hmm. been really standing out to me that that's something I actually have to lean into more in order to move forward with my values and my logic and who I want to be in the driver's seat instead of ignoring the emotions, which actually I think give it more power. Um, so Kimberly, I'm thinking about people who are struggling with, you know, diagnosed mental illness, you know, with depression, anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, eating disorders, um, whatever it might be and how they know this is a part of their lives, but they're ready now. They're ready to shift the way they even view the, these diagnoses so that they can try on the superpower that you kind of mentioned earlier. Um, how can we do that when we are struggling with our mental health, you know, mental health illnesses or struggles, even if it's just for a period of time, um, how can we shift our view of these things to take on more power so that we are even stronger than we would have been otherwise without this thing? What can people do? Right. Right. Well, I'll tell you a story. So the the first week when COVID-19 got like completely, you know, in the US, it got really big and large and everyone was going on quarantine. All my clients were, and, and like I said, I treat a lot of anxiety disorders and anxiety disorders are all around uncertainty, right? Anyone who's has an anxiety disorder, um, it, it's going to be somehow linked to how we manage uncertainty. And a lot of my clients were really struggling, like, oh, my goodness, this is really scary. What if I get it? What if, you know, what if, you know, I lose my job and all of these really, you know, serious what if questions. And I tried to gently just smile at them and say, listen, we've trained for this. We have been training for this for as long as you've had anxiety. This is what we work towards. And and that really changed the flip the scripts for them and change the way they look at it because people who have an anxiety disorder or people who have depression or any mental illness they know what pain feels like Hmm. right they've walked through that before and there is a particular degree of strength that comes from that that you don't have unless you've been through it right you know, I think it's like, it's like a club. It's like, we have this amazing (laughs) mental illness club and we can look at, if I look across from someone else, I've had my own mental illness is like plural. If I look across from someone else who has a diagnosis, they're in my club. We're the ones who have this particularly amazing degree of strength because of how we've walked through it right even if you're I know a lot of your listeners might be like well no I didn't handle it as well as I could have no that's actually the piece that I want to look at the most is you had to troubleshoot over and over again how to manage this and that's a strength that nobody can understand until you've been through it right it's it's incredible to me you know I've had clients who have really you know, pushed and worked through really, really difficult, difficult symptoms. And on the other end, they say, I had really had no idea how strong I was until Mm -hmm. I went through this. Right. Yes. And I'm like, yeah, see, I I was like, I told you, you're the first day I met you. I told you, you, I have, you know, I think it's a part of it. And the other piece I would say, and, and this is um, not so much science-based, 
but it is more just my opinion, which is I believe that someone who has been through, you know, depression or anxiety or panic or whatever it may be, they have a degree of empathy and compassion that other people don't have because they've gone through it. And, and because what, you know, empathy is this really amazing thing and compassion is this amazing thing is when we build compassion and empathy, we have deeper connections with other humans. We're connected on a deeper level and such empathy comes from going through hard things, right? Doing hard things, experiencing really hard things. And so I found a lot of people who have gone through, you know, and struggled in this area while it's very painful there are these tiny silver linings that can happen even within a relationship because you're going through that or you've been through that. So let's, let's give them a, a tip or two about how to actually shift this inner script and even looking at their own mental illness. And I love so much about how you are directing uh, people to even think about how they are already stronger. Thanks mm-hmm. to the resilience that they've earned or the flexibility that they've worked on. Um, but what else is something that they can do to work on shifting that script and then in turn, you know, taking on some superpowers because of it? Right. Well, I'll go back to the first step is always first acknowledging that it's not your fault, right? That's the first huge step because self-judgment and self-criticism can hold people back from really moving into this empowered place. If, if you're still criticizing and you're still putting yourself down for having this trouble, um, it's really hard to become really empowered. So f- first of all, number one, um, you will not beat me in this argument. I tell, my, I tell my community all the time, like you will not, dis- you will not change my mind. This was not your fault, right? Hmm. You didn't ask for this. Um, and often it's, it's a combination of genetics and environment and all the things. So number one, it's not your fault. Number two, we have been trained to think that life is better when it's easier. Hmm. And that's not true, right? It's 100% not true. The, The second step is to go back to, we can do hard things. That shift is huge for people because we've been trained to think like, I can't, I can't do hard things. You know, we should be able to find a solution to this hard thing instead of me doing the hard thing. And yeah, you can, you can do hard things. I 100% believe you can, and you will be shocked at how many hard things you can do when you try. Right. And you you take that approach, right. We can do hard things. You know, the reason I know that is because you're doing hard things already. (laughs) right? Mm. So, you know, first, it's going to be, it's not your fault. Second, you know, this, it's, you know, you can absolutely do hard things. And then the third piece, the thing I think that is super important in regards to moving towards sort of empowerment and recovery and, and, you know, the life you want is deciding who is in the driver's seat, right? You know, the voice of depression can be really, really loud. The voice, the voice of anxiety can be really, really loud, right? But here's a tool that I use with my clients all the time is when you're driving your car, the radio might be playing and maybe it's playing really, really loud, 
but that doesn't mean you're not moving in the direction you're moving. You're still driving the car and that noise hmm. is going on in the background, right? Sometimes you might be like me is you get to work or you get to the grocery store and you don't really even remember how you got there and you don't remember what song you heard. Yeah. You just arrived, right? And that is what life is like. We don't have to pay attention to the anxiety and the depression, right? Hmm. We can, and I always say, bring it with you. We're not trying to make it go away. Bring it with you, but it doesn't get to decide how you get to the grocery store, hmm. right? Um, you do. And, and that, you know, is up. Every person has their own individual decisions and goals and values and beliefs. And that's beautiful. I want you just to 100% trust that and go with those because they will lead you to the right direction. But anxiety and depression, uh uh-uh. you do not get to tell me how to get to the grocery store. You do not tell me, get to tell me how to live my day. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sort of take an approach where it's like, I'm really going to be compassionate towards my anxiety and depression. You know, I have both. Um, I've had both, you know, at different degrees in my life. Um, I'm really grateful for them because they, they, they were only trying to protect me. Right. Yeah. My fear was only trying to protect me from being in pain or being hurt or suffering, right? Mm-hmm. And my depression has always been there to sort of like, you know, depression is really interesting. Usually it tells you how negative things are, how, how negative they can be. But that too is a safety behavior, right? Okay. It's sometimes we tell ourselves the worst case scenario to prepare ourselves in case it happens, right? Like, you know, some people will say, no, there's no way I'll get that job or that award because it feels better to have disappointment than to not know. Mm. And that if maybe I prepare myself for it, I'll be in less pain if something does go wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And again, that's, that's just a part of my brain that's trying to protect me. So I appreciate when they show up. I always thank them when they show up. Thank you, Fear, for showing up. You always have my back. You always are in in effort to protect me. But I got this, right? Mm-hmm. I'm still going to make this decision because I can do hard things. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, that's just a few. Well, those are really powerful, though. And, <laughs> and, you know, one of the things that I've kind of taken from what you said is just the acknowledgement that this is painful, but mm-hmm. it can also be powerful. Mm-hmm. And even that shift alone, I think gives us the strength, the reserve that we need to keep persevering, to keep trying and to keep uh, seeing how far we've come to. And, and with that, Kimberly, I was curious, you know, you talked about your own struggles and I love a therapist who shares about that. (laughs) That's the kind of therapist I want to go to, you know, someone who knows what it's like to struggle. So for you, how have your own struggles made you the person you are and how have they blessed you and given you some super, you know, human powers that you wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. Yeah. So, um, I am a therapist that does self-disclose. There are some who really believe that's not how they want to do it. And I really believe it's how we should do it. The reason being is if I don't share with you my struggles, I'm going to make you feel like you're some kind of special case. Exactly. And everybody, everybody is special, but I also want to normalize that anxiety and depression shows up 
in the happiest of people, Mm -hmm. right? I'm, you know, your listeners can't see me, but I usually have this big fat smile on my face. I feel joy all the time. And I can feel that at exactly the same time that I I feel depression Hmm. or anxious and we Hmm. can make space for two at the same time. I self-disclose, I've had anxiety pretty much my whole life. Um, when I was, went off to college, I developed an eating disorder, um, that was very much perfectionism based, um, as I know a lot of people's are, and then it sort of morphed into compulsive exercise. Um, that was sort of my, that was my safety behavior that I would engage in. And having gone through that, I learned so many things. I learned how to set boundaries with people, right? because I was afraid of being imperfect. And I learned to say, I learned to say to people, here are the things I struggle with. Here are my faults. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm just going to put it out there. I'm, I'm tired of trying to be good all the time. Right. That was a yes. breakthrough for me. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Um, just giving myself permission. And I wouldn't have given myself permission had I not hit the hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed to hit rock bottom to make these absolutely life-changing moves in my life. Um, I think, again, it made me an incredibly empathic and compassionate person. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, this is what I'll say so many of my clients and my colleagues have said who have had, you know, a pretty serious disorder of some kind. They'll say, nothing will be as hard as that. And therefore, I know I can handle anything. Mm -hmm. And, And that's kind of how I feel right? Because I went through that hard thing, I trust myself now that I can do any hard thing, right? Um, And that's really empowering. Of course, there's days where I get scared and I I don't feel like I could do anything, but I usually fall back on that belief at some point, which is like, hang on a second. If I can, if I can go through that, I can go through, I can do anything. I can Mm -hmm. be, I can go through hard things, and, and still come out the other side because I have. Hmm. This whole thing has been so helpful and beautiful, Kimberly, and I'm amazed by your strength and your willingness to share and all that, as well as the many tools that you've helped so many people gain themselves. And your community is so open and, mm. and powerful too. I, I see that power and I would love for my community to take part in it. So where, where can they go to do that? Sure. So um, I have an Instagram page. It's um, at Kimberly Quinlan. My mom puts spare letters in everybody's name in my family. So it's Kimberly with an E, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y, Quinlan. Uh (laughs) I'll link it Um, too. Uh Sure. Thank you. I also have a podcast called Your Anxiety Toolkit. Mm-hmm. Um, one, you, I 100% agree. My community is incredible. The thing that brings me the most joy is in every episode, we do a segment called I did a hard thing and people submit their hard thing that they did. Oh, and the it. stories is that's where the community is so strong because mm-hmm. everyone sort of crowds around that belief of I can do hard things. So that's mm-hmm. been really beautiful as well. Um, or I have an online business or OCD, which is called cbtschool.com. And that's where a lot of our free resources are. And, um, you know, all the good things are there. 
Well, Kimberly, I just am so grateful for the space that you create online and in person for people who are human like us and mm-hmm. who are trying on these superpowers and learning them. And I, I'm really grateful to know you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants you need to grow. Let's now share our progress pointers from this episode. One, we want reduction of symptoms, but our goal can't be to have symptoms disappear. Two, when we tell ourselves that we shouldn't feel something, we double our problems. Three, embrace that our emotions serve purposes, even difficult ones. Four, it's a beautiful day to do hard things. Five, make decisions based on values, not emotions. Compassion is still key. Six, your struggles train you for difficult times. Seven, anxiety circles around our mismanagement of uncertainty. And eight, here are ways to shift the script. A, acknowledge that this is not your fault. B, believe that you can do hard things and that life is not better when it's easier. C, decide who is in the driver's seat. And D, have compassion toward your struggles and how they're trying to protect you. Now, I have linked to all things Kimberly in the show notes, as well as everything I shared here from the Purpose Project to our membership site and to the Introvert Challenge. You can find the show notes in your app or by going to aboutprogress.com slash podcast. If this episode was super helpful for you, it would be my honor if you could share about it in any way that you find best. If you think of someone while you're listening to an episode, that means you need to share it with them. It means so much to me when you do so, even if I never hear or see about it. Thank you so, so much. I'm so honored to be a part of all of this with you and that you keep coming back to listen. Keep growing, friends, and remember that life is about progress, not perfection. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only, not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.